Super Mario Brothers Super Show will return. Do you know someone that owns a gun or a knife? Remember, guns and knives aren't toys. They can hurt people or even kill them. It could happen to your best friend or you. Even if you think the gun isn't loaded or the knife isn't sharp, leave them alone. You wouldn't want to be wrong. Remember, guns and knives can kill. I'm telling it to you. So, Joe. Yeah? Uh, I heard Mario broke up with Princess Peach. Really? And he told her, it's not you. It's a me, a Mario. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hold for applause and laughter. <laughs> Welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Joe. I'm Jacques. And that was fake laughter, courtesy of an annoying sound machine box that Jacques picked up at a radio shack, which just, I literally closed its doors after he left the store yeah. because it went out of business. Now, like, you know, one of the little uh, um, dream squashers of mine, some people call them children, I have no idea where they got this, but I'm like, hey, that's the one and only thing keeping our podcast from being one of the most downloaded podcasts on iTunes and, and Google Music Play and Popping is a sound effect board. Yeah. The I, only thing missing. Right. That'll bring us right into the 20th century. So now we've made it. Yep. Oh, good time. Now, um, also, you know, uh, another interesting thing, I was watching a little something on NASA. Uh, there's no atmosphere on Mars. Really? So NASA's thinking about, you know, dimming the lighting and playing some smooth jazz. No, it has to stop. I have, like... <laughs> I have to limit you to, like, one per segment, okay? Uh, so, last Thursday's uh, sideshow with Dave Marabella of The Rationales was great, and Dave sounded awesome playing live in our, uh, what do you call it, the panic room. The panic room, yeah. At, at my apartment, but it was great. And then uh, the management and I, with our friend Dan from um, Dan Cray, not the jazz guy, went to check uh, the rationales out at the Middle East, and it was fantastic. Three guitars, like they had a lot of instruments. They have a great keyboardist, but one of the guitarists plays one of those sit-down, you know, steel guitars. Um, and for a club mix, it was really interesting that you could hear all three of the different guitar parts. Um, they had brought up a horn player at one point for one of their songs. And I said to Dan, like, when did they become Earth, Wind, and Fire? <laughs> uh, Dave was really great at, like, crowd participation. They're really good about, like, there's a couple, like... Who got to play bass? <laughs> I think they stuck with the guy with the torn bicep, the missing fingers, and and uh, the one who keeps uh, hurting himself. But it was great. It was a really, really great show. Uh, we've got a lot of positive feedback on Dave being on our show, so thanks, Dave, for, for being there. Uh, and you're welcome, Dave, for the Carnival Personnel bump. <laughs> the, the Carnival for Yes. Usually you get bumped off the bill. <laughs> Uh, but but in this case, sorry, Dan. It, <laughs> it didn't seem to hurt too much. But I I told Dave like the next time they have a show, a that Dan and I would like to play with them, and two we will definitely have him back on again, and maybe bring his brother so they can you know hash out like the family drama live or taped on our podcast. We need like a studio band. Yeah, because I'm looking around. Joe's like man cave here. Yeah, we could we could have a big studio band. We could have a six piece band in here. Sure, there is space. Just get rid of the four CRT televisions I have. This couch that Homer Simpson, the life size Homer Simpson, the life size Homer Simpson mannequin, and all the other junk. All these video games. What what if we just moved? Just nothing else. We just moved. Let's say. The Ghostbusters paraphernalia. Will we have room for a six-piece band if we just got rid of the Ghostbusters stuff? Get Not out. that we would. Get out of my house. <laughs> oh, what else is going? Anything happened this week, Joe? Surprisingly, it's been a very boring week in politics, in pop culture, and everything. Yeah, nothing seemed to happen. And, Not you know, so this is going to be a five-minute podcast. Yeah. Um, the, the Trump You're welcome. <laughs> Trump administration has seemed to get past the rough patches with the turnover in personnel. They got it all smoothed out now. Right. Maybe we should talk about what Fox News has just put out recently. 
as of last night, uh, Joe and I were going back and forth with, you know, talking about like, do do how how much do we dive into the mooch getting let go? Hey, oh, let's go. <laughs> you know that 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 was the one the one downside to him being shown the door is is what's the actor who was looking forward to a, a, some steady paychecks doing the mooch Mario Cantone right thank on you on the President Show on Comedy Central. Uh, but he was just such a great, great character for comedy. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a bummer to see him go. I mean, not very often you have a top political operative who will openly say, I'm not here to try to suck my own cock. You don't usually get that forthcoming, like, sound bites from your button-down, you know, DCers. Yeah, he'll land on his uh, Italian loafers. Um, <laughs> because I, when I talked about what happened in Fox News recently... With referring to the story about how uh, Jacques, you jump in on this because you're passionate about it. As of yesterday, it, last night, I send Joe the link because yes, I will go and read Breitbart and, and Fox News and just you know put on the tinfoil hat and dip my toe in like you know psychotic water. And the headline story was, "Hey, the economy's doing good. The job numbers are doing good." What does it matter if he's a crook? Flat out, I'm not paraphrasing, I'm not putting in spin on it, not putting my own words on it. Flat out, the, the article said, what does it matter if he's a crook? What does it matter if there's collusion? What does it matter if they're guilty of the, all these awful atrocities? The economy is doing good, the jobs are here. Now, the article did not say that he inherited the best economy that had been in like five decades. Nothing in there about, hey, for 100 plus straight months, Obama's job numbers have been great. There was nothing about it that said, hey, although Trump has not implemented any job programs, that these are continuation of the Obama administration programs. And granted, some months the Obama administration had 60,000 new jobs, where they had hoped to have 75,000 new jobs that month. So they didn't always hit the job number goals, but they had so much steady growth for almost the entire time. And, and you know, one of Trump's saying it's like the economy wasn't growing fast enough. It's like, okay, so the previous administration destroyed the economy, but he didn't fix it fast enough. So they're taking all the credit, which is is completely typical. But flat out, Fox News is now that it's come out that Mueller has convened. Help me out here. Uh, a grand grand jury, oh, yes, grand juries, grand jury. like a grand jury in D.C. There's already been a grand jury going over Michael Flynn and the Russia stuff, but now there is a new grand jury convened in D.C. in which they are delving into what. Trump said it would be a red line not to cross his finances and the family finances. So Mueller has brought on all kinds of white-collar prosecutors, bank fraud experts, money laundering experts into his you know, army of people in this ramping up to, to his investigation. And flat out, Fox is getting ahead of it, saying, because they, they realize it's like, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And where there's a lot of fire, there's a lot of burning bodies that they're flat out saying, hey, what does it matter? So what if he's fleecing the country? So what if his kids are fleecing the country? So what if they're selling citizenship for investment to Jared's family business? What? Look, there's some new jobs here. Uh... Forget about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. You worry too much. Slap you on the cheek lightly like an Italian mafia mobster guy. And you you have a theory where this story might have come from. Yeah, I think maybe, like I said, maybe the mooch landed a job at the uh, at Fox News and uh, put together this story. But no, I can't. That's a, that's a, a, it's a weak joke. B, it's inaccurate because a guy named Chris Steyerwalt is the byline uh, reporter in this article. Would you even care if he was guilty? Right. Yeah, that's the whole. And the thing is, no. And the other fun fact that is like spun out of uh, the White House in the media the last couple of days is Jeff Sessions is taking a little bit of a break from his war on pot, which we know is completely single-handedly wiping out our country. Like the single biggest problem our country has, we all say it. It's pot, right? Yeah. Right. That's it. That's the number one problem we've had forever. I'm, I'm up to my neck in uh, marijuana <laughs> and paraphernalia related to such drugs. <laughs> so, so, but he's taking a break from the war on pot to take on the media. And here's the great thing: they have a problem with leaks from day one. 
And they've never said, well, maybe we should stop doing these awful things that then people leak out to the media. They've been saying, we have to stop these leaks. And now Sessions is saying, we're not going just after the people leaking. We're going after the reporters who the leakers leak this information to, a flat-out war against the press. As Nixon once said, the press is the enemy. The press is the enemy. Repeat after me. The press is the enemy. And that's the same thing that Trump was saying throughout his entire campaign. Not just fake news. His exact quote was, the press is the enemy of the people. Yeah. Yep. I think that's actually going to be on, like, the state-issued newspaper that will be eventually developed by the White House in a year. The press is the enemy of the people. Tribune. (laughs) <laughs> and it's fantastic. He won't go to the UK because they can't promise him there won't be protests. But when he went to Saudi Arabia, when he went to Poland, where there is no media, where it is state-run television, and all his advisors were saying, oh, look at the great warm welcome he gets here. You know, That's exactly what they want. They want Fox News to become state-run media. And we've been joking about that since you know before Bush took office. It, it, you know, since the Clinton administration in Fox News really started to rear its ugly head and, and all the fake scandals that they have their fake news they've, they've been the unofficial wing, the PR wing of, of the GOP, but now it's, it's truly at a tipping point where he only wants his Twitter account and Fox News to be the, the people's media the filter Point, point, and that's it. Nothing else. So if Sessions is going after the going after the media for reporting what has been leaked to them uh, as a crime, yeah, no, no, cracking down on the press is not a sure sign of a totalitarian government at all. No, everything's fine. Again, <laughs> you worry too much. Hey, have a gabagula big. Nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> yeah, move along. So, uh, but you know what? We we uh, we glossed over the big story of the week, Joe. Four days, four days, just four days from now, Patriots preseason starts. You know, and uh, from the posting of this podcast, we are one month away from uh, the official kickoff of NFL season. So training camp well on its way. The big thing out of Pat's camp this week is Jimmy Garoppolo is playing like a warm bag of dog poop. And he was allegedly there was a couple teams that offered two first round pick for him and he's being held on for for um for insurance purposes but a lot of people are starting to say he's just dialing in and he knows no matter how great he is in camp he isn't going to take Tom Brady's job so he's not staying late for practice he's not putting in the extra effort he's like well I know I'm the backup and I know I'm not going to start so why am I killing myself I think he's just, he's just doing his job, which is not a whole lot, to be honest with you. Right. So, well, yeah, I mean, he's not slacking in any way, shape, or form. He's just, you know, he's not going to kill himself in preseason, you know, to uh, just sort of preserve his energy. He's, he's resting his eyes and arms <laughs> and legs and every other muscle. But it is. It's one of those things, like, are you, summer it is, are you trying to shoot your way out of town? Are you having a bad work ethic so that you piss Bill off enough where he's like, fine, we're, we're just going to trade you? Or is it the point where he realizes, because Brady in practice is, lighting it up allegedly i'm not driving as much as i have no life and love the pats i'm not driving an hour and a half to foxborough to stand there for four hours before practice spots to get a good spot fair weather fan yes exactly but i think garoppolo is looking out at that thinking what the hell like he is going to play another three or four years like i'm not going to be signing here next year i'm going to be gone if they even if they franchise me for another year after this I'm never going to play here. He wants to break free. <laughs> uh, is, we, it, I mean, is that the case? Is he like the Vinny Testaverde like yes. syndrome, where like he was playing? Uh, well, Testaverde was but he played under Marino. No, no, no. Uh, you're thinking uh, of uh, uh, Young, Steve Young, Steve Young under Montana. Right, right. But when you hear the stories, that Young was was tenacious. He was yeah, but Young didn't br- like he didn't killing himself at practice right. and stuff. And and Young also had a resume. I mean, yes, it was the USFL. Uh and and it's not USFL season, so this is not segueing to this week in Boston Breaker history. But he did have a successful, a real successful career at the USFL. So when he came into the NFL, he kind of had a resume. So people really knew what the 49ers were sitting on. 
But he was tenacious, and he had a work ethic like no other. So when he did get his chance, but Jimmy G, he's looking down the barrel, and he's like, okay, I'm not playing this year, and most likely they'll franchise me, and I'm not playing next year. What's he making? It's it's not bad. I mean, he's making like two, three million dollars, and if they franchise him next year, he if they franchise him next year, he could possibly make more than Brady sitting on the bench. Yeah, but I think Belichick's smart enough to know that because you know they're denying that he got a concussion last season. Um, there's a chance. I mean, he's forty years old. Happy birthday, by the way. Yeah, this week. TV twelve. He was waiting for our birthday wishes. Now, now his birthday is complete. <laughs> yes, and seen. But yeah, I mean, he's you know he's forty years old. Not that he's not ten years away from retiring anyway. But you know, if he stays healthy, but you know, I think maybe Belichick knows that he has to keep him in his back, Jimmy G in his back pocket, right? Because he's insurance. Yeah, he, every player is one hit away, and when you have the, you know a great backup, it's one of those things. It's like it. it you can't say it any better. It's insurance. It's something that, you know, when you have to use your insurance, you really hope you have good insurance. And what would you hope they, you never need it. What would, they get, what would they get in trade for Jimmy G? Uh, the rumor was that Cleveland offered its number one pick this year, which was the 12th overall pick, and their number one pick next year. And there's been a couple, there was a couple trades this year for quarterbacks. Oh, gosh. Was it, I forget what team went from. Uh, they they traded with San Francisco, went from the third overall pick to the second pick. And just to go down one spot in the draft gave away the farm, gave away a first-round pick this year, first-round pick next year, uh, you know, a couple, like, play. I mean, it was unbelievable. So if you're doing that to jump one spot down for an unproven commodity coming out of college, and you know that, you know, the resume on Jimmy G isn't huge, but he's he's filled in duty. He played a game and a half last year, six quarters, which was great. You know he's a serviceable NFL quarterback. So here's a legitimate question for you. Next season, who gets more starts as a starting quarterback? Jimmy Garoppolo or Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> uh, that's a f- I think Jimmy G, because I think the Patriots, because it depends what they do with their third string and if they keep him around and bring him up. But that's, if you franchise Garoppolo, the way it works is you, you get paid what the high, if you franchise somebody, you have to pay them equal to the highest paid player at that position. So right. your, your number one quarterbacks are making $22, 23000000 million. And so Brady with a recon, restructured contract isn't making half of that, but he's making a lot less than that. So Jimmy G would be making, you know, and it's not just what you're paying him and what you're paying Brady. You put that together, and that's a huge salary cap hit for one position to have tied up $40 million. Uh, and I don't know how much that counts against a cap because I kind of am not that much of a geek. Uh, but my friend Biff can help us out with this because he's a huge uh, a salary cap guy when it comes to the uh, the NFL and the NHL. He yeah, unfortunately, you didn't pick up on my segue. No, I did. So, <laughs> so that's the interesting thing. So here's the funny thing. So Colin Kaepernick, what what was he got arrested for last season? Nothing. Oh no, no, but he oh. he didn't get arrested, but he got charged. What what crime did he get charged with? I don't believe he got charged. But he beat that. He 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 raped that. He beat uh, that. I don't believe that actually ever happened. No, he hit the person with that car. He did the. What bank did he rob? Oh, wait a minute. He used his First Amendment right to take a knee during the national anthem. That's what it was. I forgot. It's like, so. And he has an afro. And well, we'll call we'll call that strike two politely. <laughs> and then he has that skin problem. Oh yeah. You know, uh, he's not white. <laughs> so between taking a knee, having an afro, and not being white, those three things. You know, it's never one thing. You tie those three things together. I'm going to say that not being white in the NFL is not exactly a knock. It's no, it's not. But it is one of those things. Like at the quarterback position, where you are. You know the face of a franchise and stuff like that. You you better be really, really, really good. You know, um, yeah. and it's unfortunate to say that, but you know, you, you name name the you know the the backup mediocre black quarterback in the league, and there are few and far between. There's 32 backup positions, and the fact that <clears throat> Colin Kaepernick, who had a few really great seasons at the 49ers. Um, I don't know if he could be a starter, but he could be more than a serviceable backup. But he is not going to get it. And, and one of the few teams that the rumor was this week is he was going to be, be getting looked at by Baltimore. Their coach, 
Um, his brother was a coach of the 49ers. And, you know, when Kaepernick took him to uh, a Super Bowl and took him to two NFC playoff games in a row. And he said he can play. So the, the Harbaugh brothers. So Harbaugh wants him to come and be the backup. The general manager wants. But apparently the owner is, is concerned how, what the public reaction is going to be. Now, let's keep in mind Ray Rice. Got, you know, all the support and the backing of the team um, before the tape surfaced of him knocking his wife out. But before TMC released the tape, they were standing by him. They were like, he, he's apologized for this. He's moved on. But once you actually see the tape, there was no... There was no standing by him, but they were they were ready to stand by Ray Rice. They were welcoming him back uh, before that tape surfaced. But fair the, enough, fair enough. But you know, but Ray Lewis, a guy who has been you know who pled guilty to perjuring himself in a double murder uh, investigation, he was at the scene after the the Ravens won their Super Bowl. A couple people in his posse just happened to make a couple people in another posse go away. Ray uh, Ray Lewis was there, perjured himself, pled guilty to perjuring himself. They built a statue to him outside Raven Stadium. And this is the owner who is afraid of what the public reaction is going to be for somebody simply taking a knee, expressing their First Amendment right. Yeah, well, to be honest, Ray Lewis uh, was no longer on the roster for the Baltimore Ravens when they built that statue. True. So fair enough. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but um, but I it, feel for me. <laughs> for me. Uh, all right. Enough Bill Burr references. Wait. Where's that laugh track? We need it desperately. Hold on. Oh, please. Come on. We only have an hour show. Oh, I know it's too funny. But uh, no, Ray Lewis, when the statue was built, was no longer. A liability for the team as far as ticket sales go, maybe? So, right, but, but he was never a liability for ticket sales. He was revered. He is still beloved in the city. And, and like I said, hmm. I remember... A bunch of people, you know, sent, you know, had articles. There were fans wearing Ray Rice jerseys, having a Ray Rice like rally to bring him back to the team after, because the NFL gave him a two game suspension. And then when the tape came out, they gave him a four game suspension, and the team said, no, we're going to cut ties. Well, let's look at Colin Kaepernick for a second. Before the controversy, was he lighting it up on the field? No, no. He, he is not a starting quarterback in the NFL right now. I don't think he's one of the best. I don't know. I don't know if he's one of the best 32 quarterbacks out there. There are some teams with some real dumpster fire at the quarterback position. Could he could he slip into a role as a starter somewhere? Maybe. But without a doubt, if he's not one of the best 32 quarterbacks out there, he's definitely one of the best 64 quarterbacks out there. Plus, he's a veteran. He knows the system. He does have some talent. He could step in if a starting quarterback goes down. And what do the Ravens have, need a, a Colin Kaepernick for? Everybody, like the same reason the Patriots are holding on to Jimmy G. If you have a, a really good quarterback on the sideline, because let's face it, you're going to go down at one point this season, you know, every, everybody gets a bump and a bruise. It's just great to have. So he For insurance purposes. For insurance purposes. So that's, but I mean, how many teams do you see? I mean, you can count the number of times on one hand. Truly, you know, that a starting quarterback goes down and a backup comes in and, and leads the way to a Super Bowl. It happened with the, the Patriots. It happened with Kurt Warner. And, and it's really hard-pressed to think of, and again, you know, Steve Young filling in for Joe Montana. Yep. But here we go. I mean, you look at a team like the Miami Dolphins, who have been looking for a starting quarterback for 25 years since Marino held it up. Like, the Bills have not made it to the playoffs in 21 years. Like, not even made it to the playoffs. They've had, truly in the time that Tom Brady's been the starting quarterback for New England in 17 years, the Bills have had like six, seven different starting quarterbacks who've all lasted one to three seasons. So it's a hard position. So if you have somebody who's proven themselves before... Is Colin Kaepernick going to put a team on his back? No. But is he a serviceable quarterback? Can he win you some games single-handedly? No. Can he keep you from losing games? Is he going to turn the ball over a lot? Is he going to, you know, not be able to run? I mean, he's a good overall quarterback. And it's just amazing that in a league where... You do have the Michael Vicks, you know, who, who went to jail for serious crimes. You do have Adrian Peterson 
beat his child, like admittedly beat his child and showed almost no remorse and got the support of people saying, well, that's just the culture he came from. So Colin Kaepernick's crime against humanity is expressing his First Amendment right. Had he expressed his Second Amendment right and brought a gun out onto the field, it truly, he had he brought a gun, that an assault sta- rifle out onto the field. That statue couldn't be built fast enough. Right. But a gosh forbid that a black guy with an afro takes a knee. So, so yes, yeah, so uh, th- that's our, that's our uh, you know, I, I was going to say that we'll wrap it up for sports talk, but we'll give a, a really detailed into the uh, rabbit hole analysis of this past FNH out of Silmar. No, actually, I, uh, I requested the breakdown from last night's FNH. Haven't got it. So, so to the, to the seven FNHers listening, I apologize. Um, I'll blame Biff only because I blame Biff for absolutely everything. We 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 lost a game once, like six to one, and I told Biff we were only five saves away from a tie. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I mean, the fact that we only scored one goal, you know, with the firepower of Scotty Black, All Star Tommy, and John C. Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think yeah, money. I think now's a, speaking of money. Now's a good time to take a break. It's is it time to because again, like we said, the cardboard box that your mic is propped up on wasn't free, and and neither were these laptops and these computers and and this immense studio doesn't yeah. pay for itself. No, unfortunately, we have to resort to sponsorship. You know, selling out to the man. So we bring to you now uh, this week's default, defunct, 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 defunct sponsor of the week. Trump's Castle Casino, take one. Come to the castle in Atlantic City. It's more than a hotel. It's a four-star resort. How about this? It's got action. It's got nightlife. The whole deal. It's too much. It's too much, isn't it? I like that. You're going to love it. We are going to love it, Mr. President. Thank you for <laughs> Thank your service. You. I will uh, I will quote Hillary. How do you bankrupt a casino? <laughs> I mean, we, he's gone bankrupt four times, so he, so he spread the bankruptcies around. But how do you bankrupt a casino? I'll tell you how. Very bigly. <laughs> so speaking of, uh, of Joe's president, President Trump, and... Uh, I and, fucking hate and, him. And, and, and all things Mr. Trump, our senior... Republican correspondent. Republican correspondent, Jim, actually went out into the field this week. Yeah, so uh, if you live in the Massachusetts area, which I don't know if any of you do, but uh, somebody threw their hat into the ring as far as the uh, soon-to-be contested Senate seat of Elizabeth Warren... Uh, Trump backer Jeff Deal uh, uh, launches his bid to unseat Elizabeth Warren. Jeff Deal was a yeah a huge Trump backer, which shockingly is um, is not a rare thing in this state. Yeah. So what? Uh, what Just ha- look at the crafts. <laughs> and I didn't know anything about this. Jim, of course, is right on top of this. And without any uh, you know asking or soliciting from us, he went out on his own to the announcement live. And uh, recorded a little um, a little correspondence on, on behalf of Carnival personnel. So here, senior Republican correspondent Jim at the Jeff Deal announcement ceremony. Hey, you carnies! I'm here in Whitman, Massachusetts, where State Representative Jeff Deal is expected to announce that he intends to contend against Elizabeth Warren for her United States Senate seat. Uh, the room is filled with anticipation and positivity. Uh, everybody understands that it is an uphill battle. I'm sure nobody thinks that this is a ground ball by any stretch of the imagination. But at this point in the game, where it's so early, it's nothing but positive smiles at this point. As he again tonight intends to kick it off and take on Elizabeth Warren for her United States Senate seat. Thanks, Jim. I will speak for myself. I am probably one of the biggest supporters of uh, Senator Warren. Uh, While she was running, I could not have been a bigger supporter as she has lived up to what she said she was going to do to go after the banks and the bankers and Wall Street viciously to the point so viciously she's gone after them that she's had 
Democrats trying to put a leash on her and pull her back and kind of, you know, silence her a bit because they are reliant on hedge fund money, too. But she's been absolutely great. But I think it is great that, you know, Jim made the incredulous journey out to Whitman to a VFW, I believe he said it was. Yeah. Uh, So, truly, we, we, we like to hear from all sides. Really? But it was fantastic. Wait, wait. Just, this just in from what? back then. We have a follow-up report from Jim. We're going now live back then to Jim. Jim, what do you have for us? Just to wrap it up here in Whitman, Jeff Deal did make it clear that it's a long way from here, the VFW in Whitman, Massachusetts, to a United States Senate seat in Washington, D.C. However, he did lay out some groundwork for things that are in his favor, which includes a a clear potential run for Elizabeth Warren regarding the presidency in 2020. Uh, and with that hovering, are people going to buy in to the Jeff deal as the real deal for the state of Massachusetts? Given the fact that a presidential run by Elizabeth Warren is really a potential thing that the Democrats are going to have to deal with and confront, she could potentially vacate this seat in just two years after election if she were to be elected. And again, this is Carnival Personnel, political correspondent, tuning out for the night. Thanks, guys. That's one take, Jim. On the spot. I, I tuned out as soon as Jim started talking. How? Oh. <laughs> Anyways, but seriously, thank you. But that, but at least his candidate brought up an interesting point, and it's something that. I was really hoping wasn't going to happen, and it didn't happen, and maybe it should have happened in retrospect, that Elizabeth Warren was going to be pegged to be a vice president candidate with Hillary, because I didn't want the seat vacated. I think she's doing an amazing job in the Senate. I think she's been just a very, very clear, you know, one of the problems the Democrats have is they don't have a clear guidance. They don't have, this is who we are, this is what we stand for. She is very laser-focused on the biggest things that she went into the Senate to have happen. So it is interesting that they acknowledge, hey, we don't think we can beat Elizabeth Warren, but if she runs for president, then that seat will really be up for grabs. It's not, it it sounded like from Jim's reporting that they weren't anticipating going head-to-head against Warren, who is very popular in this state. They are anticipating going up against a new Democratic candidate because, so maybe announcing this far out is an advantage. If he puts himself on on everybody's radar now, and she runs, she wins the Senate seat, she beats him. I see. And then when she announces, and she announces that just in in, 2020, that she's going to run for president, that seat will be up for grabs. He will already have had a a, a campaign, a war chest put together, yeah. a whole yeah, he won't have to go out last minute and make up yard signs because he will already have the machinery in place to pick up a runoff election if halfway through that that session. Um, it's a profit deal. It's a, it, it truly is a profit deal. Here's the interesting thing. Will he or will he not refer to uh, Senator Warren as Pocahontas? He won't. He'll have others do it. On his, on his behalf. On his, uh, well, that he's a Trump supporter, so so that's another thing that I hate to say he has going for him. If he's a Trump supporter, and Trump in this state is still like we talked about, you know, as much as we're bashing him, he still is probably. I don't know. They're they're saying thirty five percent approval rating right now. I think in this state it might be a little higher than that, just based on my immediate family. Oh yeah. Uh, so the fact that already they're saying it doesn't matter. I mean, he does carry some and at the same time Elizabeth Warren is hated by people like the Koch brothers so they will pour the the money in the war chest that Scott Brown had when he first ran against Elizabeth Warren was mind-numbing he was running about a six to one seven to one radio and TV ads that her war chest had he really had some major 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 outside funding and a lot of it had to do with At the time, the GOP realized Mitt Romney was not going to win the state of Massachusetts. He wasn't even going to come close. So instead of spending that money on Mitt Romney in the state, they poured it all into Scott Brown. So depending on, you know, what is happening... When, if and when she runs for president, 
then maybe he gets, or even before that, if he runs against her now and does well, even if she wins and he gets 40, 45% of the vote and she decides she's going to run for president in two years, again, he'll have a leg up on, you know, not just Democrats, but also other Republicans having put his hat into the ring. So, but the, the bottom line is Jim got off his ass, got out there. And I don't mean just Jim, anybody who gets involved politically, that's, that's what we've been saying to do. It's much more than I have been doing over the last, you know, no, 40 years. We've been giving out the number for the Senate for people to call. So we're doing our part, which, by the way, driving just yesterday, just yesterday. Oh, wait, I don't know. Do I admit this? Do I admit this on the podcast? We're driving yesterday, and my oldest uh, son says to me that... Uh, uh, my nephew, my oldest nephew, had told him that you can call the White House, which absolutely stunned him. And he's like, Papa, can you really call the White House? So I said, yes. And he was just shocked. So I asked my girlfriend, Siri, um, Siri, can you look up the number for the White House? She was nice enough to give me the number. I called, and his jaw just dropped when the woman answered and said, you know, White House, you know, can I help you? It's like, and then he was just dumbfounded. I said, well, I'm just calling because my son wanted to see if you could really call the White House. He goes, yep. Do you have any questions or do you want to leave a comment? And he had said, can I talk to Donald Trump? The lady very nicely said, no, he's busy. To which I then asked, is he busy talking to Putin? And the lady then reprimanded me, said, sir, please do not be rude. Do not teach your child to be rude. I said, I am not. I'm teaching him, like Colin Kaepernick, to go ahead and use his First Amendment right. And secondly, I'm trying to teach him about treason. The call abruptly ended. (laughs) But I I applaud Jim for, you know, it's. I would have rather him go to a a (laughs) left-leaning political rally not going to happen, but it is great that he got out there, and it's great the Carnival personnel officially has a senior Republican correspondent. We're fair and fucking balanced, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, take that, Fox. Yeah, put that on a hashtag <laughs> or a t-shirt or something. Actually, you know, speaking of hashtags, uh, both Joe and I are killing it! Killing it on Twitter! Yeah, like killing Twitter. <laughs> like, if you thought Twitter was bad before... Wait till they get a load of us. Yeah, yeah wait, wait, wait for it. I thought you were going to push a button. No, on no, I was going the to the magic I box. Think, I couldn't think of what, you know, what, what, what were the right Anything. Yeah. We're breaking Twitter. That's us breaking Twitter. Oh, I thought that was um, me throwing out the top 10 list. Uh, so, so <laughs> I see what he's done there. So, I am the Jacques Four on Twitter. I am uh, Opti Grabber. And I am, my goal, like, uh, a couple people have said, hey, with the podcast, it's great. You guys should tweet out more pictures, more this, more X, Y, Z. Get people more involved. You can put polls on it and stuff like that. Polls on it. <laughs> Wrecked them. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what's interesting is I didn't realize this. And one of the reasons I never went on social media, I didn't want to go down the rabbit hole. I have enough time sucks in my life already between Patriots, uh, porn, and uh, and video games to get into that. But I guess, you know, you can tweet directly to uh, your president, Joe, at both at the real Donald Trump and at POTUS account. At real Donald Trump. Yeah. POTUS is actually just, that's the, he won't read that. He doesn't read the POTUS. You want to get to Trump at real Donald Trump. And I, my goal, get a couple of yucks for Carnival personnel and to try to get blocked by uh, by your president. Yeah, next time when you tweet Donald Trump, make sure you put the hashtag Carnival personnel in there. Because you're not nobody knows that you're part of Carnival, Carnival personnel when you're tweeting to Trump as the Jacques Lambert or Jacques Lambert four. It's just the Jacques four. No, it's it's it's. I'm learning so much about Twitter, but it's so much fun, and it was great. Like the other day, to get retweeted, and I, I forget which one it was. It was something like he was talking about getting rid of these regulations, these business killing regulations, and in growing the economy. And I said, please get rid of that no shirt, no shoes, uh, BS at the local Seven Eleven. They just crippling the economy yeah killing it killing Killing it so i'm killing it out there on twitter joe yeah so uh yeah twitter it's a thing uh speaking of twitter real quick the show on comedy central that popularized twitter and for the past four years i would say in my opinion at midnight uh finished its four-year run yeah on friday night with a one-hour spectacular farewell the chris hardwick show ended uh amicably apparently but uh that was uh that was a show that got more probably people into twitter than should (laughs) <laughs> than should be on Twitter. How many canceled shows have Chris Hartwick had? 
Well, I mean, he's been around for a while. He started off on Singled Out on MTV back in the 90s. That's how I got to know Chris Hardwick. Uh, and then, you know, he went off the air for a while. Didn't he host The Soup? No. Well, he was not a host no, of he wasn't one, no, he wasn't a part of the revolving door there. But, but he did have uh, some clip show. I remember he had a clip. Oh, I, I forget. I mean, I know he was part of, like, Wired Magazine for a while, but now he does, you know, he's done The Nerdist forever, and he does the the wrap-up shows, like the Talking Dead wrap-up show. The, yeah, wrap that, that, that. He does that's... Talking Dead, and he, now, he also hosts a game show. Speaking of game shows. A game from, show? Yes. Yeah, yeah, only we had a game show expert on the Carnival personnel. I'll go get one. But in the meantime, I'll talk about Chris Harwick on The Wall on NBC. It's actually a fun show. It's a big, giant Plinko board. And it's fun. It's actually, I watched an episode. It's an hour long. Wait, wait. Is that the, par- is that the takeoff of the Japanese Pachink. show where you have to, like, contort your body into certain no, shapes? No, that's, that's act- that, was, that was actually a, uh, brought over to the U.S. as a kid's show. Um, on Nickelodeon, I think, years back. But that's getting into the weeds. You want to get, help, I'm in the weeds. I can't find my way out of the game show weeds. No, that was something different. But this is like a giant pachinko machine, like Plinko on the prices, Right, where they start oh, okay. at the top and drop the pe- drop it down the pegboard. So a lot of skill. Well, yeah, but there's like trivia and it's drama. But they can win like millions of dollars. So it's like high stakes and it's fun. I don't know. It's a, And it's Chris Hardwick. I mean, come on. The guy's uh, a pro. And So anyways, Chris Hardwick, show at midnight, Twitter, uh, Twitter is uh, a little a little less fun now that At Midnight is off the air. So fare thee well, At Midnight. Uh, you you done good. But it has been fun to be be on Twitter. And like I said, you know, your president has been blocking people on Trump, which led to a class action suit because where he has said this is the official word from the White House. This is official word from the president. My Twitter account is official word, and by blocking people. It is preventing them, in theory, preventing them from hearing the word for the White House, which is, uh, you know, against their constitutional rights. So it's it's a little bit of a frivolous case, a little bit of a, you know, prisoners suing because they got crunchy. Wait a minute, are you saying that people are being petty against the president? Yes, (laughs) and they should learn from his example. Right, don't be so petty, people. Be more like the president. Right. What? Yeah, <laughs> be like Hitler. Don't smoke. Nine. Cigarette, mein Führer. Nine. Be like Hitler. Don't yeah. smoke. Like, like, like you were just saying. Speaking of nobody this. knows what the fuck we just talked about, but that's fine. Like, like, and like Joe was just saying. You know, it's like Hitler loved animals. Was a vegetarian. Was an artist. Didn't smoke. Why are we always dwelling on the negative? That's right. He was just saying that. Yep, right. Speaking of the negative. uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's all we've been doing for the past 45 minutes. No, that's not quite true. Oh, at the NRA? Are you going to talk about the NRA thing? Have you seen that? You enlighten us. So on, uh, on Twitter, I believe at the NRA TV account, which I didn't know that they had an NRA TV account, uh, they put out a video where that uh, Dana, well, I don't know what her name is, she went on and basically said that she was going to take on, she, the people are going to take on the New York Times and the media, that we're not going to take your left-wing rhetoric anymore. And she said a word in her threat to specifically the New York Times. She said, quote, we are going to fisk the New York Times. Fisk. fisk. Although the hashtag for that video was, clenched fist of truth so if you put the two together she says fisk really fast at first hearing you think she says we are going to fist the new york times hello but regardless of the graphic nature of what she may be implying there the nra is essentially uh taking a a, a much harsher stance against the the, the media and uh, it's a scary thing. Well, it, it, and again, you know, from the head of the redundancy department, you know, the Department of Redundancy Department, uh, ever since the primaries, when you know the the press, uh, the press is the enemy of the people. When you truly had press people being accosted, when you have your president saying, "Go ahead and rough them up," like asking people to rough them up from the podium, saying, "I will pay your legal fees." To attack the press, he was openly asking people to go after the press. Now you have Jeff Sessions 
stating very clearly he is going after the press. Now you have the NRA. Again, the, the, the commercial that the NRA put out was that like a month ago where they were singling out Obama and, and singling out the media and, and telling people, get a gun and go shoot somebody in the media. They didn't say, get a gun and go shoot somebody in the media, but uh, the commercial... That that you know we talked about a few casts ago clearly said go get a gun and shoot somebody in the media. Now they're just stepping it up, and you know to say that the you know the New York Times is like or I just love when it's left leaning. You mean when it's reporting about what is actually going on when it's not a hey we're looking at Mueller convening a second grand jury, but let's talk about Benghazi for the next four hours on Fox News. Yeah. Um, and as much as we hate Fox News, I don't think either one of us has ever said somebody should go and attack the people on Fox News. They're horrible people uh, doing horrible things, but yet we've never advocated violence against them that, that I recall. I mean, maybe in some of your, you know, your rants and ravings that you're known to do in a drunken stupor, you, you screamed a few things in between your normal anti-Semitic comments, but... <laughs> <laughs> Where's the gunshot sound effect? Yeah, exactly. Do you want me to play the ad? I can play the ad. Oh. Do we want to? Nah. Is it one of those things? It's where a minute it? long, and it's just, you know, we can talk over it. It's yeah, awful. yeah, let's hear it. They use their media to assassinate real news. They use their schools to teach children that their president is another Hitler. They use their movie stars and singers and comedy shows and award shows to repeat their narrative over and over again. And then they use their ex-president to endorse the resistance, all to make them march, make them protest, make them scream racism they, and sexism they. and xenophobia. And make them march. To smash windows. Right. So, no, this, this, is, this is the ad that I was talking about. Oh, is this the ad? This oh, is the ad. I got the wrong No, no, keep, keep running okay. this one for a second. The only option left is for the police to do their jobs and stop the madness. And when that happens, they'll use it as an excuse for their outrage. The only way we stop this, the only way we save our country and our freedom is to fight this violence of lies. How? Wait, wait. The violence, violence of, of lies. lies. Right. Not the violence of guns. Guns, right. Oh, I know. Okay. Freedom's safest. Uh, I hate you. Uh, let me see if I can find. Well, the, hold on before before yeah. you get that. We'll we'll address this for a bit. You heard them like you know. Well, first of all, Joe, would you stop using your celebrities to spout your lies? <laughs> uh, just put down the phone and stop calling George Clooney and have it, it, they make it sound honestly like like there's a talking points memo that goes out to you know all, all, all the left wing like you know voices out there and all the actors, but they are. And, and, and if you look online and you find it, the video images of people like marching, they are against marching. And when they say you force the police to do their job and then you complain, yes, when the Black Lives Matter say, please stop shooting young black men in the back when they're unarmed at traffic stops, somehow, somehow that forced the cops to do their job. So you shoot an unarmed black person that you stop for an erroneous reason. Uh, then there's a march to protest this, and now you're forcing the cops to do their job because they're the bad guy. And again, we're not saying that cops are bad. We're not saying anything like that. But you see this video, and they're saying marching is bad. And, and again, their violence of lies. There's a big difference. Let's let's say let's agree. Let's say. Everything is a big lie. Let's say everything we're spouting is a lie, and it's a violence a lie. That's a little different than picking up a gun and going to the New York Times. They're advocating violence, um, violence. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> violence, violence. Okay, so here's the, here's the clenched fist of truth ad with Dana Leash, where she says uh, she's going to fisk the New York Times. Not fist, fisk. We the people have had it. We've had it with your narratives, your propaganda, your fake news. We've had it with your constant protection of your Democrat overlords, your refusal to acknowledge any truth that upsets the fragile construct that you believe is real life. And we've had it with your pretentious tone deaf assertion that you are in any way truth or fact-based journalism. Consider this the shot across your proverbial bow. We're going to fisk the New York Times and find out just what deep rich means to this old gray hag, this untrustworthy, dishonest rag that has subsisted on the welfare of mediocrity for one, two, three more decades. 
We're going to laser focus on your so-called honest pursuit of truth. In short, we're coming for you. It, it reminds me, like, when you think of the worst case scenarios, when you think of climate change, okay, let's say all the snowflakes out there who who are, are paying attention to um, Al Franken's Boil the Frog, you know, campaign and Al Gore's new movie, um, An Inconvenient... An Inconvenient sequel? Sequel. Uh, Let's say that this is all a, a big scam, that they're right, that global warming isn't happening, and this is just a money grab by the scientists who have been saying for 40 years that the temperatures are rising. And, and Big science. The, let, yeah, let's say that this is just a money grab by big science, and they're right and we're wrong. What is the worst case scenario? Uh, uh, some money, some boondoggles, some scientists, you know, get to buy a new Prius every seven years. All those goddamn windmills. So, you know, exactly. The fact that, like, the solar people, you know, provide a clean energy versus, like, you know... They took money out of the starving mouths of oil companies. Right, those poor oil companies. So let's say they're right. Money yeah. out of the mouths? So okay. what is the worst case scenario? We just said it. What is the worst case scenario if they're wrong? We're all dead. <laughs> yeah. Like but we season. won't know it because we'll all be dead. Right. So, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, I'm not looking forward to the I told you so moment. I'm not looking forward to, like, you know, the, the patrolling people saying, oh, you were right. We were wrong. I'm really sorry. We are all drowning. And it's crazy. The crazy thing is, this, this, it's one thing to say, we don't want to fund this, and, and this is fake. This is fake news. It's another thing. There are some states, I think it's Arizona, that if you use too much solar power, there's a fee. There's a fine. Like, you're supposed to sell back, like in some states, you can sell back the unused power. Yep. There are some states that charge you for your excess power. Like, if, if, you're, if your solar excess you know, pipelines into the grid... They charge you a fee for having too much solar. But then, like I said, on the other hand, when they were talking about the wall a few weeks ago, it's like... Oh, not the game show hosted by Chris Hardwick? Not the game <laughs> show hosted by... That's called a callback. Well done, Joe. Uh, it's like, you know, how are you going to like this? How are you going to say, oh, solar panels. Wait, wait. So it's fake and it's not real, but when you were asked how are you going to light this up, it's, it is just... You, know, uh, you know what I could use right now? What could you use right now? I could use uh, some sort of a, a review... Some sort of a, a game review. Not just a game review, but a video game review. But, like, not a structured one. You know what I mean? Like, something that's not planned. I guess we could call it, like, a random video game review. But we do it on a seven-day basis. Um, so we'll call it the random video game review of the week. Which is where Jacques goes to my wall of Nintendo Entertainment System games from the 80s, pulls one off of the shelf of 270-plus games. Don't even bother with the boxes up top because I'll know exactly what those are when he pulled those off. But he pulled off a random cartridge off the shelf, and now, based on the gap left on the wall, which is about 10 feet away from me, which I can't really see that well, uh, even with my glasses on, I'm going to try to determine what game he pulled off the wall and then review it if I'm right or if I'm wrong. You know, it doesn't matter. So he pulled one off of the wall that is in the F section, and I think it's after Fester's Quest. I'm going to say, you know what? Final Fantasy. I'm going to give you one more, uh, one more guess. I'm going hmm. to give you one hint. A very lengthy, very uh, elaborate text-to-email chain between me and the guys at F&H went round and round about this game just last night. Oh, my God. I'll give you another hint. Carnival personnel. Oh, Galaga? Is it Galaga? Ah, uh, yes, Galaga. He he did this on purpose because he sucks. I swear, I oh, swear, okay. I swear, I can't, I can't see that far. <laughs> I, I turned my back right. and I reached. I don't look. At I was you. blinding. I don't even look at you when I'm talking. So Galaga for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was ported over from the arcades by Bandai, and um, it plays marvelously it's just like you remember it from the 1981 82 version of galaga wait wait which because they changed it the 80 oh, i don't know dude <laughs> don't give me that i don't know that shit i don't know that shit i i, I did real. I, I did not pull this for an excuse to play the galaga song again which we will
Yeah, Galaga, Demons of Death. Um, you know what? I'm going to do something unorthodox. I'm going to put it in. I'm going to pull the, the emergency break off of this podcast, and I'm going to put this game in right now just so we can play the Done. music. Let's Here see Here we it. go. You keep talking. Good. It gives me a chance to talk because if there's one complaint people have had about the Carnival personnel, it's like, Jacques, you do not talk a bunch. It's all Joe all the time. He's like a chatty Kathy doll that pulls his own string. Yeah. 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 But he is. He's, he's, he's persevering. Look at this. And still... He persisted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, call back to my girlfriend, Elizabeth Warren. Senator Warren, sorry. Oh, here we go. Look at that. Crank that up. I got to hit the start button. Keep talking. Well, no, it's, well, well I, I apologize, except for the fact that anybody who saw the Carnival Personnel episode about Gallica knows I go into a uh, trance. All right, we're playing. No, Jacques playing. Here we go. That's it, baby. You thought watching him play Gallagher was terrible. <laughs> this is this is great podcasting. Theater of the mind. But he, oh, look, he's captured. He got his fighter captured. Uh, for those of you who want to watch. <laughs> uh, him play Galaga. Uh, look online to our YouTube channel. And I think it's at Carnival Personnel on YouTube. Look up Carnival Personnel on YouTube. You'll see the Galaga off. Oh, wow. I got my fighter captured, but then I got the... You stink. Well, I'm sitting down. He's using the NES Advantage controller, which is a joystick, like an arcade-style joystick controller with big buttons and a big joystick. Really brings the arcade action home. Uh, it also has... Um, just to give you a high, uh, score update... Uh, he died at 84. <laughs> well, no, I'm 80... sitting down playing. Oh, right, yeah, I know. It's not. Yeah, yeah he's at, he's at, he's on his, he's on his last fighter mercifully, and uh, he's at 86. Don't get captured. He's at 86, 80, 70, 8700. Oh, he got captured. Ah, you son of a bitch. Hit the off button. The there you go. There we go. So wasn't that wonderful? Well, back to the review. So it so, was great. It's Galaga. How much? Oh, um, I'm gonna say. Five dollars. I'm finding as low as seven forty nine. Okay. Which you know, let, let's let's prorate that out. That's seven. That's uh, that's seven. That's twenty. That's thirty quarters. Wow. That's thirty quarters that's right like a, there. That's like yeah. No, no, that's no, like that's a roll right and a half. Now. That's seven times no, four. Seven times four. Twenty eight. Yeah. Yeah. Plus the forty nine cents. Yeah. 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 Thirty quarters. Right. Or as I like to call it, about four hours in an arcade. <laughs> Cheektowaga, New York, on some gloomy... Well, it's always gloomy. I know. It's poor Cheektowaga. Well, you, well you, you think about it. I mean, we, we, we were talking about it earlier. Like, in Buffalo, I haven't made the playoffs in 21 years. The Sabres are kind of, you know... They used to say that about the Hartford Realist Forever 500. Like, I don't even know the last time the Sabres made the playoffs. Well, it's like the, they have the Fox News attitude. Does it really even matter if, they're, if they win? <laughs> They actually don't. No. The Bills Mafia, uh, the people who celebrate September like nobody's pissed. Spend a little time on YouTube and just put in Bills Mafia or Buffalo Bills pregame. Those people are effed up. Yeah. Like like they they they're rolling into Orchard Park at like nine AM already in the back. I think Barstool Sports did a uh, a Bills Mafia thing, which is pretty good. Pretty excellent. So check that out if you uh, if you if you if you're dying for your Bills Mafia coverage, uh, look no further than Barstool Sports from a couple of years ago. But I don't know. I I don't necessarily spend all my time on YouTube. Sometimes I watch Netflix. <laughs> and and what are you watching when you're watching Netflix, Joe? Wouldn't you like to know? I really would. I really would. <laughs> I'm reaching out, asking you. Reach out, for, reach out, and get for, my for Netflix your picks. Netflix re- re- recommendation of the week. I'm going to say this week is uh, Wet Hot American Summer. 10 years later. It's a follow-up series to the Wet Hot American Summer movie and uh, recent Netflix series, uh, First Day at Camp. This is 10 years later. It takes place not in 1981, but 10 years later, 1991, where you have mid-40-year-old actors playing mid-20-something-year-old versions of themselves. And it's fantastic. I'm about five or six episodes in. Uh, You have... 
you know, all the guys from the state. It's written by Michael Showalter and, and David Wayne, directed by David Wayne. They play uh, all their all the famous characters that you know and love from Wet Hot American Summer, but just in the 90s, in the early 90s. Got the same kind of humor. Uh, Bradley Cooper, unfortunately, couldn't reprise his role from the series, so they replaced him with Adam Scott, but they explained it away with a nose job uh, <laughs> as to why he looks different, so that's funny. H. John Benjamin as the... Have you seen the first aid camp where H. John Benjamin falls into some toxic waste and merges with a can of <laughs> no. soup? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, he's a talking can. That's awesome. Oh, God, you got to watch it. Yeah, he's a t- H. John Benjamin has the voice of... He's the voice of this talking can. I forget his name because I'm not good with names. Sterling Archer? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but check it out. Uh, it's just It's great. There's nothing more else I can say about that except go watch it. Jock, uh, Joe sometimes you know doesn't love my Netflix picks of the week. He thinks I'm um, taking the easy way out. Have you seen Glow? I'm dialing it out. But Glow, no, actually, uh, F is for family. <laughs> but my Netflix pick of the week, seriously, for this week is uh, is Rogue One, and oh, it's great. Yes, I've just I've just left it on in the background. Just it almost plays on a loop. It is. It's it's hard to say, but I think it is my second favorite star wars um i think actually story after the fifth playing netflix pops up a thing on it that says do you want us to call 911 <laughs> yeah, exactly. are you still alive uh but it's well worth the watch over and over it, it, and it's great and and still i'm still an eight-year-old boy when like darth vader comes on the ship you know at the end of it to retrieve and like, how the great disc. is it that this isn't even like it's canon but it's not part of the saga it's a side story right and it's fantastic. It, it's like, I don't know if I've ever seen a prequel this well done. It, the, the biggest loose end that, that the Star Wars franchise has been, like, you know, mocked for us all those years is you got this moon-sized Death Star that has this little flaw that this entire movie shows. Well, it's not a flaw. Spoilers! You know, hey, when did that come out? It's like December? Yeah. Yeah, uh, about uh, a year ago. Look, if you're December. waiting for something to come out on Netflix and it's been out for a week, <laughs> E.T. came out on Netflix this week Wait, wait, well. wait. Does he go home? He, You know, see? You want me to give it all away? I don't know. You know? But I, I thought about that i thought about would et be my uh my netflix pick of the week but no I, I'm, I'm sticking with rogue one it's fantastic if you've seen it 10 times watch it 10 more times so so we'll wrap it up uh we start off the show by reviewing the rationales uh thanking dave again for coming on to the to the podcast thank you dave thank you dave show was great anybody who who doesn't absolutely hate everything we spout i would suggest go to the rationales.com and download dave's new album um isn't it called uprising i believe it is and it, it, it it's great, and again, they they just sounded really great. The Counting Crows gave them a shout out. Did they really? Yeah, on Facebook. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, I, I threw around compliments like manhole covers. So when I say something's really good, I I, I mean it. Um, that and the other thing um, before we sign off, Joe, do not forget.
Sure.